Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode 30 of the Full Go Podcast. I'm Jason Goff, and of course, we're brought to you by The Ringer and the good people over at Spotify. Chris Tannehill, Steve Cerruti, y'all already know, that's the gang. They, they make me sound halfway decent. Uh, I'm, I'm marginal at best, and then these dudes ramp it up to another level for me. Uh, this is a weird week because this is the first bye week of this podcast. So we didn't have the normal trepidation that comes with a Thursday preview, nor are we going to have the, the, the Tuesday embarrassment, <laughs> the, the, the pod after where we sit around and, and wonder why the Bears can't score any goddamn points. But th- th- I want to say this, and, and my man Chris Tannehill, he saw a tweet that I put out there today. We're, we're, we're Recording what Sunday afternoon, early evening. Uh, earlier, I tweeted that the NFL is is trash, and if you're not betting on the game, shout out to FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sporting app. Uh, but if you're not betting on the games, listen. You know what the NFL is, and I was trying to figure this out while in the shower. That's where I get my best work done. Uh, <laughs> you know the vibes, Tanny. Uh, you know, the place where you never have a notepad is where all the ideas shoot off your brain, right? And I've never Usually I've in the car. A- Usually in the car while driving. That's when like the best ideas come. Like when you can't pull over, you know, you're just waiting for the red light, you don't want to get a ticket because <laughs> you got a hot take you want to fire off yeah. like three days from then. You know what I mean? So you know, like in my head, I'm the biggest media star of all time. Because in my head, there's fire. Like Shit that that will bend the time space continuum will, will rewrite sports history. The problem is, and I've been my therapist has got on me for this, and my lady has got on me for this. 
I don't write shit down. And the reason why I don't write shit down is because I never have shit close to me to write down. And yes, there have been several people throughout my life who have bought me notebooks and journals and notepads to put right next to the bed. Listen, I am not that disciplined, nor nor do I give a damn that much to wake up out of my sleep and be like, ah, I got to write this one down. I just hope the next good one will come. And fortunately for me, uh, there have been a, a decent amount of good ones to keep me employed at some point or form of fashion. But the NFL, I was thinking about this while in the shower. You know what the NFL is? The NFL is cocaine in the 80s where it was the fashionable trendy drug that actually has kind of become that lately I, I i feel like too but it's the fashionable trendy drug to do all your favorite entertainers and ball players are on it and then at some point you you turn into using smack for seven dollars a pop you know what i mean i i think that's the, the the life cycle of the nfl and by the way shout out to y'all if y'all having a good day and then listen to this and i'm bringing you down with the 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 you know the tail or the drug user analogy but the nfl was awesome when we were kids and it's decent now but They've got more stars than ever, more TV money than ever, more exposure than ever. I remember there was only Monday night football. Now there's Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night football to go along with your Sunday, you know, during the day gambling. But I can't for the life of me understand why there are no more than two good games a week from teams you actually want to see, by the way. Don't give me this shit where the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Colts are dueling it out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh did, you, did you see that Washington football team game? No. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You know why I didn't see them? Because y'all didn't ask me to watch them. Y'all didn't put them on no showcase game. They weren't on the middle of the schedule anywhere, right? I went up to see my dad uh, this afternoon, and they were showing the uh, the Cleveland Browns Patriots game. And he's not a, a you know a Sunday ticket guy. He just watches whatever games they're providing up for you, which is fine. You know that's what it is. But <laughs> right. the, the game was so bad they moved away from it. He's like, hey, do they do this a lot? I was like, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't love doing that, but they should probably do it a lot more. To be honest with you, when the Bears are not playing on your NFL just Sunday, get us the, get us the hell out of here. You know, like we don't need to see DeAndre Houston Carson make a tackle at the end of a game, right? Like we, we don't need to see Cheese Jones get a pick when it's 44 to 10, right? Like we don't need that in our lives. Like for instance, Dollar Bill is going on and on about how the, the CBS went away from the Patriots-Browns game and how DirecTV has been letting them down for years. Let me tell you something, Dollar Bill. You've been letting your damn self down for years. Well, he has it because he's in a Patriots fan. So all of his shit has been awesome, right? Like you talk, you talk like Spurs and Patriots fans can't say nothing to me ever 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 if you are a Spurs, if you're one of the 17 people who live in San Antonio and you've rooted for the Spurs the last 20 years I want to hear it and if you're a Patriots fan definitely don't want to hear it because you live in a real city and your team has been outstanding if you live in San Antonio I can listen because you know y'all ain't got nothing down there except for that trash ass river walk by the way have you ever been to san antonio chris i have not no i've never oh set foot God. in the state of texas uh not no no knock i would love to really? go but yeah i just haven't yeah wow all right well san antonio sucks uh I, I got a chance to cover a final four in san antonio and boy was that shit underwhelming they told us it's like hey go check out the river walk it's a nightlife down there i'm like uh there's life at night <laughs> but ain't, ain't no night the the most popping thing that i saw on the river walk was dick's last resort 
And one of our one of our buddies actually used to work at a dick's last resort. So a dick it, in it, his own right. <laughs> oh my god, what an asshole this guy was. Shout out to Chris Ranji, wherever you're at. <laughs> Whoever's bed you're rolling over in this <laughs> this fine Sunday afternoon. But honestly though, dog, like I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, this is all y'all have to offer? So yeah, if a Spurs fan wants to talk to me about, you know, their 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 time as a fan, I'll listen to it because your city sucks. But Boston fans I want to hear it from. And on top of it, NFL fans, why are we accepting this? Like, they, they own a day. They own three days, damn near. And all these matchups are, are leave me uh, wanting for more. Like, we talk about the, the storylines, but usually the storylines are coming in games that we don't give a damn about. Like, we're talking about Baker Mayfield for the last two, three weeks and Odell Beckham Jr. And, 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 you know, the Raiders because of what they've gone through. How often do you find yourself – like, for instance – Give me the quarterbacks this year who are really, really turning your head. Because the Patrick Mahomes automatic button that we thought we were going to be able to press for eight, nine, ten years, well, uh, apparently there's some other things going on. The NFL got some other plans for him, right? So give me the just uh, Josh Allen, right? One of the more polarizing quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Some people think he's okay. Some people think he's amazing. But Josh Allen doesn't really move the meter for me. Justin Herbert, love him. Love watching him. Kind of cooled off a little bit over these last few weeks. The Rams, right? The, the storylines are some of these teams, but these games leave me wanting for so much more. And you know what it is, too? I don't even know if it's leaving me wanting for more, but it's the, the critical eye that gets turned to every other league except for this one when it comes to quality of play. And I'm sorry. You know, there ain't no help coming next year in, in the draft when it comes to quarterbacks unless Desmond Ritter is what you're really looking for out there, right? Like, there's nobody – there's no real quarterback pro- – because let's face it, that's the, that's the position that's going to change the, the fate of your franchise. But if I'm in Miami – the hell am I watching the Miami Dolphins for right now? Just to see Tua Tagovailoa come along slowly, or to or to figure out? Ah, I like Brian Flores a lot, but you know this is Miami, so at some point they're not going to be good enough, and he's going to get fired. Like if you take a look at the NBA, people can't wait to shit on the NBA. Oh well, the, nobody watches till Christmas, nobody cares till after New Year while it's NFL season. And I and I understand. Trust me, I get it. But if you're actually looking at the quality of play between the three major leagues, right? Baseball, football, and basketball. You know, shout out to our hockey brethren out there and sistren out there, but y'all ain't a part of this conversation. Don't worry. I know y'all used to it, so y'all going to be cool. But basketball, what do we say about basketball? Nobody plays defense. Everybody travels. All the shit that everybody says that doesn't watch the game. But if you're actually watching these games, you know, and if you're actually watching, well, you know which two teams are going to make it every single year. You called Bucks and Suns last year? Right? Did you do you call Lakers and Heat in the bubble? Now now let's 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 go over to football. You know that there's gonna be of the what, the 12, 14 teams that make it? I, you can name eight, nine from the beginning of the season. So what are we really saying? Baseball. Everybody strike out or nothing. The, the game is takes too long. All this other the nuance of the game is what you're there for. If you don't have two and a half hours to spend on the game, that's on you. You didn't like the game anyway. Like I've never been the one that's like, oh, they gotta speed these games up. No. If I'm here for this, I'm here for this. Meanwhile, football gets to skate every single year. 
Football changes its rules every single year and don't give a shit about the consumer. Not to mention all the other stuff that we got going on in the world, whether it be COVID, social you know, unrest, civil unrest, all the political affiliations, all the other shit that sports can glom onto that kind of the NFL is like, nope, not here. Well, guess what? Entertaining ain't there as, as much as we think either. We watch these Sunday night games. And by the way, Monday night football has actually been good this year. You know why I know it's been good? Because the last three or four years worth of Monday night football games have sucked to high heaven. And I enjoy watching Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy, even though they had a little faux pas or, you know, last week during the Bears-Steelers game when they were like go for two when the score was tied. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of shit going on there. And by the way, I, I think it's dirty how ESPN is doing Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy by undercutting them with the Eli Manning and Peyton Manning uh, simulcast or whatever the hell it is. And, and if you read between the lines, go ahead and look at those guys' Twitter feeds. And I'm talking about Lewis and, and Brian, and you'll see exactly how they feel about it too. But the NFL has gotten away for a long time, and I'm glad my man Tanny said it in, in, in pre-production, uh, if that's what we want to call this. <laughs> he, he, he said it in pre-production about, like, you know, even saying it for a long time. I've been going on a decade saying, hey, man, this shit ain't as good as we think it is, but it's cool, right? It's like the party that you go to all the time, and you know you're going to go over to your man's house, and he ain't going to have the shit you want to drink, so at some point you're going to leave, or, you know, his, his, his lady got a bad attitude, and at some point it's going to piss off everybody in the room. But you know when you're getting ready to leave at a certain place, Place that you probably shouldn't be too long. The NFL is just sitting there like, ah, y'all should have left. But you can't. You can't because we know you gamble. We know you play fantasy football. We know it is the 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 civic identity of your town, of your, you know, a lot of people find a lot of identity in being an NFL fan. I'm not begrudging that at all. But hold them to a higher standard than this shit. These games are horrible. Horrible. You mean to tell me since I couldn't watch the Bears today, I had to watch, uh, what was it, the, uh, the um, who did we get, the, the Falcons? We had Falcons-Cowboys. Falcons-Cowboys. And, and then, of course, the uh, Patriots and Browns game, which, Browns. They, which they pivoted away from. Uh, you know, I, what is it, man? Is, I mean, does it all just get back to the quarterback play? You know, is, is, it, that, is that, you know, as your team goes, is you know, as your quarterback goes, as the league goes, is that what we're dealing with here? Like, I remember when we were kids, we had the quarterback club video game where the whole yeah. game was about the damn quarterback. Like, that's hey. how many great ones they had. You know what I mean? That's like, it. Yeah. That's and, it. and I hate to be one of those, oh, the, back in our day, you know, when we it's were real, quick, though. But you mentioned the, the quality of play. You know, maybe they weren't as faster and maybe they didn't have guys who were as versatile like back then when we were growing up. But, but you get back to the quality of play at quarterback. And I think that's where it begins and ends. And then, it's going to be started on the officiating. All of the Tom oh Pelissero report that came out about the end of that Bears game. Like, hey, by the way, and they were Just offsides. They were offsides in the last kick. Like, what? <laughs> like, we didn't even talk about that at the time. Not at all. Not at all. We were two deluge with shitty officiating to even p- point out the final, final shitty piece of officiating that actually decided the game. Right, because Cairo, Cairo Santos missed that joint by what? Maybe a good five, six yards. No, nah, man, Who he, he no, nah, he doinked it. That's what Steve Levy said. He, he doinked Dog, it. That was tough. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Steve was like, from my angle, I'm like, dude, what, they got your ass on the moon. Like, who? Like, what, what's your angle, fam? Like, aren't you in a in a press box? Like, like, like built for studio, uh, you know, observation. Like, but hey, hey, I, I, all I know is. You gave me at one point it was thirty-four to three in one game and forty-four to seven in the other game. And it's not just this week, guys. Even the entertaining games, like I mentioned, even the games that you're like, oh, look at this. This is a and 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 
college basketball has got everybody thinking that a, a fun finish means an entertaining game. And it doesn't mean that because there's nothing. You could tell me Jacksonville, Indianapolis was the barn burner of the century. Fam, I, I have to take your word for it. I'm not going back to watch it. I'm not, I may not watch the highlights on that joint just because of the two teams involved. So, uh, you know, I'll say that to say this. I know that football is religion, <laughs> but at some point, at some point, we're going to have to be sports atheists out here because this shit is bad, man. Like, I, I, I can't get past it. You know why? You know why college football for a long time for me, Teddy, was um, took a back burner? Because how good your quarterback was did not really uh, – it didn't really affect how much you won enough for me. Right. Like, look at all these national champions in the 90s. Right. In the early aughts where you're like, there's some Ken Dorsey's mixed in there. Like, I believe Craig Krenzel got to one of those joints with the Miami, Ohio State game. Like, there's there's a lot of poo poo mixed in <laughs> some of these conversations. You know, Jason White winning the uh, the Heisman with his, what, 48 touchdowns. Meanwhile, he's got 27 first rounders surrounding him. You know what I mean? Like, at Chris Leak and Tim, don't get me started about that. Chris Leak, Tim Tebow year, where they was like, ooh, they're splitting snaps. I'm like, let me tell you something. If this dude is God, and we later went on to find out that, that Tim Tebow is actually Jesus in the flesh. But if this dude is God, Chris Leak shouldn't even have a clipboard. He should already be in Bourbon A getting ready to be cut by the Bears. Like, that's what it should be. But as soon as it started to, like, the, the, the line started to get blurred of, do you really need a really good quarterback to win in the NFL? Right? Like, that's what started happening. And then get into it with all the infrastructure issues that a lot of these organizations have. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, coaches back in our day got like five years, sometimes three years. Now, you, you got as bad. You, Steve Wilkes, the brother in Arizona, is like, hey, get your black ass out of here. Thank you for the 14 games. Here's Josh Rosen for the last two. We'll, 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 we'll mail you your stuff to the defensive coordinator position to be named later because, because we need to get Cliff Kingsbury in here because you know, that's another Greg Popovich move, by the way. Them boys got Tim Duncan, who you know, just a, a foot and a half shorter and playing quarterback and it was like hey let's get cliff kingsbury in here to take care of the young kid oh my god steve wilkes couldn't get a look huh with a real quarterback and a damn team i digress but hey fist in the air for you steve uh but nah man i yeah sunday sunday uh sunday wasn't ruined by football but boy <laughs> Like, the French toast didn't taste as good. My son crying and telling me what he wasn't going to do didn't ring as, as true as it normally does. You know, even my text back to the team. Like, this is a, you know, yeah, all right, guys, I guess I'll pod. But, man, the NFL's got to do something about this NFL football and fast. And you got to do something about it, too, because your ass is going to continue watching this bullshit. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan. I told all my friends I was going to come up here and say thank you and walk off. 
I can't. There's no way. Uh, I got so many people I can thank. Um, in all the videos, you never just saw me. So Scotty Pippen. Every championship I won. All right, so for the last week or so, a story has been brewing, and probably more than a week, right? Because if you want to go back to the last dance documentary, this this has been under the surface, has now come to the surface, and it's Scottie Pippen's discord or discontent or just uh, lack of good feeling when it comes to not only his time with the Chicago Bulls, but more importantly, his relationship with Michael Jordan. I want to want to set the tone with this soundbite, Scottie Pippen sitting down with the people over at GQ, and you're only going to get a small snippet of it, so go ahead and drink this in. I was as great a player as Michael Jordan. Uh, only one player can take home the MVP. There's always going to be a standout in the crowd. Mm -hmm. In a lot of those occasions, he wasn't the standout, but he was chosen to be the standout. So, as Chris Tannehill I would hope knows, or I hope we've had these conversations, and now I'm going to inform the people who don't know this. Uh, as a Bulls fan growing up in and around this city, I've always had this conversation with people about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the god. So for me as a kid, I didn't have to pick Michael Jordan as my favorite player. Like It was like, okay, you know he's the great like, you know what he is. Now you can go bounce around and look for other favorite players. My favorite player as a kid growing up, well, one of them was Dominique Wilkins. Uh, big fan of Derek Coleman. Uh, huge fan of Glenn Rice back in the Michigan days. Sorry, KG and Stephen Bardo. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I got a chance to pick different guys. And right when I was coming of age in, in my sporting sensibility as, as a young person, Right, that it's the reason why I chose the White Sox as a team because when I was 12 years old, 11 years old, they had something rolling, getting ready to roll, I should say, and they had the cool uniforms and they had the big slugging young prospect named Frank Thomas and he had the, the dude at third base and Robin Ventura who was all world coming out of Oklahoma and they had Alex Fernandez and Wilson Alvarez and you know Jack McDowell and all those guys. They had Isaac Guillen. They had they had uh, charisma. They had a swag about them that I was like, all right. I can jump onto this team. Shortly before that, when I'm still finding my way as a sports fan and still trying to figure out what I like, what I love, I found Scottie Pippen. And Scottie Pippen was my favorite bull uh, until Derrick Rose. Um, for a lot of reasons, too. It's the same reason I like LeBron James. It's the same reason why LeBron James is probably my favorite player of, well, you know, one of my favorite players of all time before we get into that argument because of everything he could do. And in these moments where we're talking about Scottie Pippen in this light, and Scottie Pippen is actually talking about Scottie Pippen in his career in this light, you know, I, I often bring it back to, because I, I struggle with this too, uh, and I know men out there struggle with this quite often, especially men in our industry and men in, in sports, or just men in, in, in everyday life, because you can't really ever let down. And when you do let down, the people around you ain't going to allow you to let down. It's kind of like that Bill Burr joke where he's like, did this guy order a banana? <laughs> what else? is? Why don't you stick it? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Like, is this guy having a heart attack? What a punk. You know what I mean? Like you can't let down at all ever around your boys because it's going to be that one dude's like, hey, man, is this dude crying? Like, 
Yeah. Screw those guys, too, by the way. You love hanging out with those guys until you find out that those guys, right? But it's hard for us to let down. It's hard for us to show our vulnerabilities. And when you're on a stage like Scottie Pippen was, I keep asking. And it, it speaks to people who answer people on Twitter like myself or social media trolls or you know people who get the, get get the best of you because this is what they intended to do. I always ask this question cuz I was asked it once and it's stuck in my head and now I'm going to ask it of Scotty Pippen in these moments cuz we can retrace the steps back to the last dance whatever you want to do. But for Scotty Pippen my question would be who you talking to and who you listening to? And it seems simple, but it's very, 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 very complicated. So when I ask Scottie Pippen, or when I'm asking of Scottie Pippen, who you're talking to, there's so much being said right now. And I think a lot of people are losing it. I think a lot of people are losing it in the light because it's very simple to me what's happening here. And it's sad. You know, we can get these jokes off. I, I've gotten them off. My friends have gotten them off. People around me have gotten them off. I've seen the national people get them off. <clears throat> you can make the jokes about future. You can make the jokes about what's going on in his personal life. Uh, unfortunately, there's a family at stake here that, you know, has to have this public uh, discord or have their, their business all out in the street, as we like to call it. So that part about it isn't cool to me. Um, and it sucks because... You know, he's got a son go, that goes to Vanderbilt, SEC preseason player of the year, playing his ass off. He has to tweet out about things that people are coming to him about. Like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that I think people aren't uh, assessing accurately, I guess, because a guy's a six-time champion, a guy's, a, you know, one of the greatest athletes of all time, a guy uh, made his bones in one of the biggest markets in the country. You know, he should be impenetrable. There should be nothing to get to him. What's wrong with this guy? He's got all the millions in the world. But when you when you read some of the excerpts and hear some of the quotes that are coming out of this book and from these interviews, the who's he talking to part, I think, is is most important going into this entire thing. You know, Scottie Pippen said this. I was nothing more than a prop. His best teammate of all time, he called me. He couldn't have been more condescending if he tried. He goes on to say Michael was determined to prove to the current generation that he was still larger than LeBron, the player many considered his equal, if not superior. Those are his thoughts about the Last Dance documentary. He says Michael received $10 million for his role in the doc while my teammates and I didn't earn a dime. Another reminder of the pecking order from the old days. And lastly, Michael Jordan would have never been Michael Jordan without me. You know what all that says to me? I think people think Scottie Pippen's trying to get his just due, you know, for the basketball player that he was. And uh, he even came out and said, I'm, I guess Michael Strahan asked him something to the effect of what do you want your legacy to be? And he said for the, to be the greatest of all time. Uh, he, everybody scratched their head on that. But Jalen Rose made a great point. Uh, him and J Jacoby uh, do a great job on Espen, uh, do a great job on their pod. He made a point about Scotty not having memorable moments. Now, I'm going to let you think about that. Let that sink in. Scotty Pippen's most memorable moments. You go ahead and give me the most positive ones. The dunk on Ewing, maybe. 
But now we're talking about the 1.8. Now we're talking about the bad back in the finals. Now we're talking about, uh, you know, the deal that he signed where, you know, legendarily Jerry Krause told him and Jerry Reinsdorf told him, don't sign this deal, right? You're telling the kid out the mud who, who knows how bad his back is to not yeah, 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 exactly. Don't sign $30 million because we're going to beat you over the head and not give you the 20 or 30 that you should get on top of it, right? So, you, you know, all these things. And Scotty's an easy target, right? Scotty's a very easy target. You go back to the no tipping, pipping stuff here in the city. Like, there's a lot of reasons why people could gang up on Scotty. And he's not Michael. This, this is like fighting Jay-Z. Right? This is like fighting Diddy. This is like fighting anybody who controls industry. This is, this is like you saying something right now about LeBron James. You saw that little interaction that LeBron had with Cameron Payne the first week of the season, told him to be humble. See, we ain't getting no tweets out of campaign, right? See, we ain't getting no tweets out of anybody from that Sun side of things. Talk that basketball shit all you want. There's certain people who control a lot more than you'd like to let on, and you just got to shut up. When I ask who you're talking to, when I'm when I'm referring to Scottie Pippen, dude, he's talking to Michael Jordan, and it's as simple as that. He's not looking for anybody else's uh, respect. I don't think, at least, that shit is gone. Like anything that you have done has already been done, and the people that respect it, I've already respected it. We're not we're not going back and arguing like Jim Rice's Hall of Fame candidacy, where it's like, ah, he's been out of the game so long. But look at these numbers. The man was accredited and honored as the 50th, uh, as, uh, during the 50th season as the top 50 of all time, during his 75th season as the top 75 of all time, six-time champion. Like, I don't need to go on the Stephen A. Smith run of accolades for the dude and then bolster my point. All I'm going to say to you is this is a man who is crying out for respect from his big brother, from a dude who welcomed him to a city shortly after he got there himself. But the difference is, for all that shit that we want to do about Mike and not making his high school team and, you know, the, the haters that, that boosted him and, and, and propelled him to this point where he's the greatest player of all time. Let me tell you something. The, those trials and tribulations kind of stopped at high school because he then went on to make that high school team. He then went on to go to University of North Carolina. He then went on to play huge minutes as a freshman, hit a game-winning shot as a freshman. Like, he then went on to have arguably the greatest career in the history of the NBA. So, fast forward, Scottie Pippen sees the last dance the same way I did, and you can go back and check it. I was doing a Bulls Talk podcast for NBC Sports Chicago, and we were doing them joints every, every Sunday when those things dropped. We did an episode because we had no other content, and it was a pandemic. Right. And we were just giving people content to, to help us and to help get them get through it. And just just to actually commiserate about something. It felt good to see something sports like that we hadn't seen because there was a time. there. Remember that first few weeks of the pandemic? We were sitting there watching old bowling and shit and and, and, and watching like the Citrus Bowl from 1963. You know what I mean? Before they let brothers play. Your 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 shop was doing the best of the 05 White Sox. Let's just run back Bruh. all the 05 White Sox. It's like, OK, let's go. A Cleveland, Cleveland matchup from April of 05. I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. Wonder how El Duque is going to fare. You know what I mean? Like, these are the things that were happening. But we get the last dance. And I agree with Scotty. The last dance, hey, Mike, Mike knew what LeBron was on. About to go to that bubble. LeBron, whatever you want to say, discipline-wise, there are very few that match LeBron. So drop everybody into a, a dome 
you know, a, a healthy dome where where you're gonna have to spend your entire life here. Dudes was cracking up. Paul George talked about it. Dudes was out there cracking. The, the Clippers got sent home and was like, "Thank you, thank you so much. I can't take this shit." You know, Dan Wojcik. I talked to him about you know pacing back for the first two weeks, pacing back and forth in your room, back and forth, back and forth, just waiting to be cleared so you can go cover an event where you can't cover it normally. So. LeBron knew what time it was, but more importantly, Michael Jordan knew what time it was. And just just in case, just in case y'all forgot, you know, shout out to Roy Jones Jr. and his smash hip-hop single, but y'all must have forgot. That's what Mike was saying. All right, let me keep the party going right now. I've been sitting on this for a decade. Here, here's how dope I am, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mike pulled his pants out like, hey, take a gander, world. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, I forgot. This is this is my best mode of transportation. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. You know what I'm saying? That's what everybody did. Meanwhile, Scotty's in the back like, this son of a bitch. I can't believe this dude. And guess what? They were saying those things during that time. They were saying those things during that time and all that built back up in Scotty again. Him and Horace and people around that team, there were people who felt that way. And all it did was reignite that same stuff. And that, you know what that same stuff? That answers the question, who you talking to? He's been talking to Michael in this way for a very long time. That's why it was such a big deal for Tony Kukos to get that shot. Because back to Jalen uh, Rose's point, what moments had he had? This man had been waiting for these moments his entire life. See, the difference between Michael and Scotty, obviously, one is, you know, the greatest player, arguably the greatest player of all time. Another one is a terrific player, but not on the level of the other guy. But Scotty got it out the mud. Scotty grew six inches, you know, over one summer. Scotty went to central Arkansas. Where, where Jay Krause had to go find him. Scotty had to come here by way of trade on draft night for Olden Polonies. Like, this wasn't hit the jump shot freshman year, kill it for the next two years, go get drafted third, even though people think you should have been first. Right? This wasn't that. This was a dude who was raw and was raw while you were watching him, watching him play and watching him develop. That dude, go back and look at Scotty's first couple of years. That dude looks like a fawn out there on ice, but you could see it. You could see the traits. And all he ever has tried to do, because when they went up again, the, the tales of those two going up against each other in practice are legendary. Hell, I, I worked with a dude who saw those things and Will Purdue. And I, this is not from Will, so I don't want y'all to put that on Will or Kendall or anybody. This is for me. I think Scottie Pippen has been talking to Michael Jordan his entire basketball life. Even when he pointed at the shoes, when he put the shoe in the camera, when he, when he was leading that team two years in a row to playoff berths, and he's like, come on back. That's him talking to his man. That's him understanding that he needed his man too, though, right? So in these times where Scotty is waffled back and forth about LeBron might be the best player in the world, and then two years later saying, you know, it's Michael. Scotty's been trying to get Michael's attention for a long time, and the good attention too. And Michael is of that Jay-Z, Drake, you know, Kendrick, Ilk, J. Cole, these dudes, and current dudes, old dudes, whatever you want to name them. Well, old dudes don't really apply because they don't, you know, old dudes back in the day would battle anybody. But nowadays, these dudes are strategic. Michael ain't going to mention your name. Michael ain't going to say shit about you. He, he damn shit, he damn near didn't say shit about you in the last dance. 
There was a two-year period where that thing went dark, and all of a sudden we just saw baseball highlights. Meanwhile, Scotty's out here being one of the best, and they they mentioned it. You know, they they gave it a little bit of glimpse. They gave it a little bit of measure in this in the last dance. Not enough for my liking, because I was waiting for episode set, was it six and seven? Because I'm sitting in the cut like, all right, they about to start to get down. The the soundtrack is right. You know, Scotty was killing it for two years. Hugh Hollins, we about to get in all this, and it didn't happen. That shit hurt Scotty. And I think this is Scotty's last chance to say, hey, man, I'm hurt. Now, is he going about it the way he should? Probably not. Probably not. But who you talking to and who you listening to? When I ask who you listening to, Scotty, who do you have to prove this to? I can see if this was, uh, you know, I can see if Grant Hill was trying to make a case. By the way, Grant Hill, surefire Hall of Famer, would have been top 10, top 15 of all time if he hadn't hurt his ankle. Shout out to Doug Collins for trying to win every single quarter. But, man, we ain't talking about just some other dude. We're talking about Scottie Pippen. And there's a lot of people who believe Scottie Pippen is overrated. Is he underrated? This, What are you going to do with it, right? Those are fun arguments to have. But I, I can't say that Scottie Pippen didn't change my Bulls fan trajectory. I can't say that he didn't do that because he did. I know what Scottie Pippen, I I enjoyed watching the beauty that was Scottie Pippen guard somebody up and down the court or running. Like if you want to see a fast break run to perfection, watch Scottie Pippen and transition those years when those dudes got on on the break, when it was him and Horace and Michael running. Or is him and, and, and Michael and Ron Harper running? Or is him and Michael and B.J. Armstrong sprinting to the three-point line? Like, these are the things that I, I watched and I, I adored as a kid. So it hurts me. We can get these jokes off all we want, but what we're watching is a sad, vulnerable man who I think has a whole bunch of shit going on behind the scenes, and all we're doing now is watching it derail slowly but surely. Like, for instance, I've always appreciated the cool of guys like Dr. J and Magic Johnson because no matter what, you always felt like they were comfortable, right? Comfortable in their cool, comfortable in the tough times, but they always felt like they kept it together, you know? Bomani Jones mentioned that Michael Jordan probably is one of the more miserable dudes in the world, but, you know, he don't show it to you because he got the cigars, he got the tequila, you know, he got the team, he got the he got the crib, he got all the J's, he got the big-ass jeans that he tried out there. By the way, we got it, man. If this man, yo, he's worth a billion plus, we we, we got to get him a tailor. We got to do it. And, but, you know, I've talked to his son about it, and, you know, he said that's his, that's his pop's thing. That's You know, he liked to be comfortable in them big-ass jeans. You know, enjoy yourself. But Dr. J and Magic Johnson, you know, there, there's a certain class, there's a certain – Savoir faire that they move around with. It feels like to me, Scottie Pippen is in this culture of social media and talking crazy for clicks. And like, you ain't Kwame Brown, bro. And shout out to Kwame because I don't want no smoke. He, you know, he talked, he talked big shit. And I don't want none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want. When everybody start talking that Geechee talk, I'm like, yeah, you, you got it, player. <laughs> you, you have all of it. You know, but. He, he's not Kwame Brown, right? He's not some dude who he's got something to get off his chest because he didn't he didn't perform the way people would have liked for him to perform. Scottie Pippen right now is in a bad way, and I'm not here to diagnose anybody, you know, or or be anybody's uh, mental health expert. But whenever I see stuff like this, you know, 
listening to the wrong people gets you to points like this. And I'm not even talking about advisors, right? 150 people could tweet at me, we love the podcast, man. We love it. Two people with serial number uh, <laughs> profiles can say, your shit sucks. And I will be like, ah, damn. Are they right? Scottie Pippen, I think, is going through this thing where maybe things outside or after basketball, because this is another thing, too, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm rambling, but I got my points here on my notepad because I've been told to write things down a little bit more often, and you know, I'm just trying to, trying to acquiesce to everybody's feelings. But <laughs> you know what I find? That an athlete is in a good place. Because I've been around athletes now for, what, the last 20-some-odd years because of this job. You find that athletes in a good place when they talk about the Nile with as much reverence or light as they do the times when they were being cheered. And I've been around enough athletes to, to see it or feel it or hear it when a guy or a girl is hoping to get something from a career that's already done, hoping to get something extra, Right. Like, these are the guys and girls who need people around them always talking about the stories of yesteryear and, oh, I remember that game and, you know, that kind of thing. Instead of talking about their kids or talking about their life right now or talking about the sport they're covering right now. They can't do that well. But what they can do is tell you how it used to be. I think the problem for Scottie Pippen is he was quiet for so long with how it used to be that now he's in that moment where it's not going to happen again and he doesn't want people to forget about him. And I think that's the most um, sad thing about this is that one of the greatest players of all time is talking like people are going to forget about him. And I think that I think that's the humanity in all this. After we get our jokes off, after we make the jokes, you know, because people are out here tweeting his son. And, you know, after we talk about, oh, Scotty's pushing some liquor, he must be drunk. After we do all that, just just zoom out a little bit and say to yourself, what would force a man to do this? And if insecurities, inadequacies, and vulnerabilities aren't on full display for you, then I don't know what it is. This is this to me is a dude who didn't get the credit that he felt he deserved and is in a bad place of having no chance to, to do anything else to put more on his career. He's in a he's in a really bad place, man, and it sucks. Because you never want to see your, your local heroes or your childhood heroes or the people that you looked up to for, that, that took your mind off of school or off of work or off of whatever go through this. But they're all human. And we're seeing a very, very human moment right now from Scottie Pippen. And I just I, I hate to see it after the jokes are done and after all that is said and done. This is a dude who is looking for validation from a community that has already given it to him. And there's no more coming. And in the end, he's talking to his brother who he doesn't know how to talk to and doesn't feel that he that, that is he respects him. And that's a that's a sad state of affairs. So I got no hot takes. It's just the way I see it. And it sucks. It sucks because as a Bulls fan and as a dude who grew up with these teams and, and felt like I grew up with these guys and got a chance to cover these guys as well. You know, it's um. It's tough to see dudes go out like this. And I hope the best for Scotty. Wish the best for his family. Uh, I hope the book does whatever he hopes it, it will do and the liquor does whatever he hopes it will do. But in the end, I hope Scotty comes to grip with 
what made him as a person, what made him as a basketball player, and I hope he understands that his contributions by many Bulls fans and many Chicagoans out there are, are always going to be appreciated. And I hope that his relationship with Michael Jordan is some way rectified because right now it's just a whole lot of hurt that is put on full display for anybody and everybody, and we all know that that's not going to be good. It's the full goal, It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Connect with the show 24-7 on the Full Gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. All right, it's that time of the show where we listen to your voicemails. You call up the line and you say whatever is on your heart. If it, and listen, people, this is, uh, this is a tutorial that we try to give you every week. It could be anything that's going on in your life. That's fine. Any music that you're listening to, whatever the case may be, or a hot story. But make it interesting, make it thoughtful, or just go crazy and say a bunch of curse words. All right, Tanny, what we got? Jason, Chris, shout out to you guys. I'm sitting here on a uh, what's usually a dreary Sunday afternoon when the Bears aren't playing. And uh, all I have is my fantasy team and... My survivor pick was just lost with Tampa, and uh, I should be sad, but I'm I'm happy because we I know we got that fucking dude, I know we got Justin Fields, and I know he's got it. I can see it, I feel it in my bones, and it's a beautiful thing. Never seen this as a Chicago Bears fan, so uh, I'm super happy. And the other thing that keeps this in the back of my mind is I can't wait until we get rid of the Maggie. It's gonna be a beautiful thing if we can get somebody who can plan a whole offense around this kid. Ah, the future's bright. I should be sad, but I'm not. All right, <laughs> All right buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, man. man. Hey, man, this sucks to be a Bears fan. Listen, did y'all hear that just now? This man, he started his voicemail as sullen and as sad as, as any, like, streets and sands worker on a winter day. And then it ends up bright because, ah, maybe somebody will get fired and hopefully we got the draft pick of the future. Like, yeah, yeah. You didn't have anything to complain about this week, uh, but Dick Buckus did. <laughs> Apparently Dick Buckus went on a podcast and said that everybody should be fired. And what do you say? The, 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 off- the cornerback should be arrested for imitating cornerbacks. You know, just old-timey shit like that. But, man, listen, if you're, if you're not happy as a Bears fan today, I don't know when you're ever going to be happy because they just came off of a, not just a, a tough loss, but a loss where you can obviously blame the refs if that's your thing, if that's your super today. And you can also look at the fact that Justin Fields played a game that everybody's been waiting for him to play. I think he's played two games like that so far this season, but that was the one against the Pittsburgh Steelers team on the road on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, got yourself a quarterback. You know, congratulations. If you were listening to this podcast from episode one, you would have known that. Hell, before that, you would have known that because he was doing everything up at Hollis Hall, and then Andy Dalton got the starting nod. 
Just wonder where we'd be if uh, if Justin Fields was tabbed the starter from opening day. All right, Tanny, what else we got? Hey, Jason, this is Matt from Logan Square. I'm loving the show. I love all the Bulls talk. I love all the Bears talk. Uh, I love the baseball talk. I love that you're getting the WNBA talk in there. But i got to tell you, I'm missing the hockey talk. And I understand if you're not a big hockey guy, uh, but it would be awesome to get somebody in because this Blackhawks season uh, has been a mess, and now it's turning into something. They got a new coach. They won a few games. And I would love to hear your take on it and some of the friends you got in the industry. So, you know, throw us hockey fans a bone once in a while and talk just a little bit of hockey. But obviously, keep doing what you're doing. Love hearing about Justin Fields. Love hearing about Zach and DeMar and all those guys. And love the show. Keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate the call, brother. I don't know if you've been watching lately, but the Blackhawks have not uh... – <laughs> It's not been the best story as of late. And we covered it. We covered the story, right? James Nouveau uh, jumped on with us. And, yeah, we we talked to Seth Jones early on in the season. The Blackhawks been trash. I mean, they, they've played well as of late, right, uh, amidst all the fire Jeremy Colleton uh, pieces that have been written and calls that have been made to local sports talk radio. Their goaltending has kind of figured out its way uh, here over the last few games. But, I mean, you got the the national affiliates, Switching out of Blackhawks games. That should just tell you everything you need to know about the Blackhawks. Anytime the, the was it the NHL on ABC, ESPN on ABC, or whatever the hell it is, they got the they got the new deal where they're gonna try to show you as many national broadcasts as possible, as many hockey games as possible to the to the national audience. Guess what? They took the Blackhawks out of that joint. I, I believe it was against the Islanders, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that they did that with, or or the Thanksgiving, uh, the day after Thanksgiving Day that's coming up. So yeah, man. The national people think the Blackhawks ain't enough to talk about or worthy of talking about. I don't see much interest in the team right now, and that is as simple as that. Uh, I'm going to go to a couple of games hopefully before the year is done, but, yeah, they're not moving the meters the way that we thought they would on this podcast, on the fan base, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I'm not uh, ignoring the Blackhawks. They're just doing a great job of making sure that you're talking about everything else besides the hockey, and we've covered the everything else. So, Appreciate you, man. What else we got, Tanny? Jason, Q, we can stop saying happy birthday now, right? I just wanted to wait until, you know, like Wednesday, so I didn't have to. Now I'm just playing, man. Hey, look, Spotify talking about music. I've been thinking about this one. Historically, let's just say, and this is a what-if question for you, Saruti and Tannehill. Oh. Uh, really interested in what you and Tannehill got to say. Sorry, Saruti, <laughs> the music guys here. But the question is, if there was one album that you could be part of the production, Ooh. Which one would it be? And what I mean by that is, you know, you could have just been chilling on the side, you know, chilling on the couch, just watching the album come to fruition. And I know albums are produced a little bit differently now, a little bit more remotely and virtually. Or, you know, maybe you were part of the production team and maybe you wanted to give maybe one piece of advice. Maybe, hey, maybe that's not the way to go or maybe that's not the people that you should be making an album with. What is that one album that each of you would want it to be a part of? I mean, you probably know for me that one's easy because they made a movie about it. Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen, greatest band of all time. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> Appreciate you, Q. All right, see, look at that. Q bringing Saruti and Tanny into the mix here. All right, Saruti, you heard the question. Hopefully you heard the question. Tanny, you heard the question. Uh, man, I two albums jumped off the page to me, uh, and both Jay-Z albums, uh, The Blueprint and Reasonable Doubt for me. Reasonable Doubt is because... 
You know, a lot of people like to act like they were on reasonable doubt when it first came out. You wasn't. You're a damn liar. I remember my uncle having that cassette tape and me like, all right, what's this? And I popped it in and listened to it. Um, and, you know, Illmatic was still buzzing at the time. Uh, so <clears throat> premiere and, and, you know, Tanny, Tanny is as big a premiere fan as, as you will find. But Primo as a producer um, that, you know, that set the stage for me for listening to hip hop in a way where the beats didn't have to be as aggressive to enhance the sound or the instrument of the person's voice. Uh, and, you know, forever for me in hip hop, you know, was it 91, 92, somewhere around there? The beats were always hard charged and they were always aggressive. And then, you know, you had the, you had the, the Jazz sound with Guru and, and, and Primo. You had Don't Sweat the Technique uh, by Rakim a little bit later. But for me, hearing melodies, hearing like, the reason why I like West Side Gun and the reason why I like Conway, the reason why I like the whole Griselda movement, and shout out to Benny the Butcher for getting that Def Jam deal. But the reason why I like their music so much is because it's the worst shit possible over luscious, you know, fully thought out, thorough just comfort, velvety music, right? Like music that you can wrap yourself in. That's why I rock with Tyler the Creator the way I do. So I go back to uh, to the Blueprint and also Reasonable Doubt for those two reasons. And of course, the Blueprint had uh, you know, Just Blaze and Kanye and a whole bunch of other people on it. Uh, Pharrell, I believe. I, I think Premier was on that too. But yeah, man, it'd be Reasonable Doubt. It'd be Blueprint. Just just to see how those pieces of work, pieces of works, I should say, were made. And the difference in sound for me coming up as a kid and that, that hard left that, that Reasonable Doubt took for me. Uh, Tanny, what, what about you? I know Q was talking about looking at it through a, a critical eye and a little bit of that. If, if there's anything we would change, there's nothing I would change about any of my, my favorite albums. You know, Other than saying that any 90s hip-hop artist who had like a sex skit on their album, I would say, please go ahead and take that out of there. Because if, if you're going to have a classic you know, 25 years from now, I want to be able to play it the whole way through. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But you mentioned it earlier. Illmatic, man, it's right there. You know, it's it's not my favorite album of all time. That would be Gangstar's Hard to Earn. We talked about that before yes, on sir. the show. But when you just talk about the 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 confluence of of all these musical geniuses coming together to make Illmatic, you know, DJ Premier, like you just said, Pete Rock, Large Professor, Search. yeah, Q Tip, you know, just the who's who of like who's on my hip-hop Mount Rushmore of producers and and I'm always you know I, I love hip-hop but uh, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say you know you know beats and and making beats and producing and and sampling and and crate digging that's like that's that's my vibe right there that's my lane mm -hmm. those are the guys who I have I, I hold in the utmost respect is those great producers like I mentioned there so just to be there in those sessions and seeing all those those minds come together and make what is basically pound for pound uh, a perfect hip hop album in Illmatic, you know, and, and it's funny because I, I say it's not my favorite because it, it all, it's all about how something hits you in a time and a place in your right. life. But we can all agree that Illmatic just critically, it's it's outstanding. Yeah. It's as close to perfect, you know, five mics, all that stuff. But, you know, just, you know, I don't even think about the album itself. I just think about all those great minds coming together and seeing someone who maybe they knew, maybe they, they didn't know someone who's going to be taking that next step to superstardom in Nas, yeah. you know, just being there at the, at the very beginning of that and just kind of like, you know, I, I wouldn't, 
you know, just it's like being with with LeBron when he's like, you know, you're you're two in the league, you know, when you're like, oh, okay, now now this I see, it. you know, what yeah. I mean? like you know, and, and you get to you get to see all that play out. Just be, just be in one studio session with those guys, you know. I would love to be in the in the studio session for for Primo and, and the multiple songs he did on that album. But yeah, that I, I I go back to that. Just just picturing what that was like, you know, just like as far as creativity in hip hop, like in the mid '90s in, in Queens, like you know, that's like you know. Being uh, hate Nashbury, like you know what I mean. If, if, you, yeah, if, you, if you like, yeah. if you like, you know, Grateful Dead, you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, I would have to say Nas and Illmatic. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, Primo and uh, and it just I mean, it's it's even crazy to think about a dude from Boston and a dude from Texas uh, made up one of the great uh, hip hop groups of all time, right? Like one of the great one and of the groups of all time, and define the sound. Of, yeah. of of that era and of that that genre and on the East Coast, like it's kind of wild to think of that. You know, that's how you're talking about a, a, a different level of greatness right there. When you take guys yeah. over from different different parts of the country and they come together, and all of a sudden they are they they form the sound. Like that's why yeah. I always sold Gangstar and in high regard. All right, Jay. See you later, buddy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Saruti, what you, what you got, man? I'm gonna follow uh, like. Like Tanny, I'm not dumb enough to think that I'm going to change anything or that I'm some great producer or whatever. Um, but I, as far as like being a fly on the wall of the production and the people involved in the album, and I know this might not be a popular one because Kanye is not the most popular dude right now, but I'd go Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, oh, no. j- just because, just because of, I think, the, one, the production quality is great. I know some people think Kanye goes too far on that and, and tries too much weird shit. And I actually like a lot of the stuff, the recent stuff, too, even though it's kind of been critic, you know, more criticized than, than especially the, especially Donda. Although I like that more than um, I think the average person did. But you mm-hmm. run through the track list. I mean, you've got... Kid Cudi, you've got Rick Ross, who's my guy. You got Jay Z, Boney Vare on that album, which I like. You talk about like just different kinds of music, and yeah. I, one of the things I like about him is how he listens to Boney Vare, a white guy from Wisconsin, is like, hey, I I want to bring you in to make music with you because your shit is weird, but it's dope. Um, Pusha T's on that album. I would just want to be a fly on the wall there and just listen and be a part of the musical process. Because um, I kind of feel like that was probably maybe the end of Pete Kanye, and that was when he was probably at his most vulnerable too, because that was obviously a really difficult time in his life. So give me, uh, give me my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, not to change really anything, but to just kind of like soak it all in and learn, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a man. It's, it's that that age old argument of which Kanye album is your favorite, and you're like, all right, depends on which mood I'm in. You know, I mean, dark twisted fantasy is. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of work, and actually, my man Tannehill has made a couple of opens uh, off of that off of that album for me. So, uh, and that was the that was the vibe of the time, man. Like, remember those yeah. days, you know, like oh. <laughs> Jason oh. Goff on the Ascension, oh. Kanye at the peak of his powers, right there. <laughs> oh, just uh, both of us flying too goddamn close to the sun, boys. <laughs> Can I guess the because there's a couple beats on that album that I, I that I would guess were probably rejoins. Was it Gorgeous and Hell of a Life were two absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal intro songs. I mean, phenomenal. Look at Saruti. Look at Saruti earning his black card the way Tannehill did <laughs> 20 years ago. Look at that. <laughs> oh, Lord. And, and you know what's so crazy? Um, being, in, being in the studio to hear uh, like six or seven songs off of Freddie Gibbs. New, by the way, fuck you, Freddie. Uh, but, be, <laughs> but, being, but being in the studio, yeah, he, know, he knows why. You didn't get the invite to Chappelle the next day there? Hey, you, you oh, got- <laughs> this motherfucker, man. Let me tell you something about that night, all right? My birthday night, I go have dinner with this dude and three of his closest associates. <laughs> One is a dude who was like, man, I don't want to drink no more for the rest of the year. And I'm like, oh, this would be a good night. So we go out and we <laughs> hang out and we're sitting there. And he's like, 
hey man, when you want me to do the pod? I'm like, anytime, motherfucker. You don't have to, you don't have to ask me. When, when do you want to do the pod? Right? But we had a beautiful dinner together. He told some great hood stories about uh, things that, you know, I don't know if he's out of the statute of limitations for, but it was a great night. But I was thinking about it that night when we were hanging out on my birthday. Like, man, I've never been in the studio for the creative process for an album. <clears throat> and hearing things that he was trying to get feelers on in terms of what his new album is going to sound like. I'm sitting there like this shit is all fire. And then I'm, I'm worried. Like, am I too into it? Like to, to, to think of it as an artist, knowing that that's your entire season that's about to come out. Right. Like think of it in terms of sports. Like what if you could just put your entire season out in one fell swoop and you just got to hope that people will like your 24 points a game and vote you an all-star and you hope that you win a championship. Like you're not going like, here's the first song y'all. All right, here's the, yeah, you can release singles. Right. And I'm, and, and then you're putting it out there to be judged. You're like, f- fuck the art because the art is for you. You're putting it out there to be judged. You're putting it out there for execs to judge it, for fans to judge it. I heard about six songs on there, and the Rick Ross song, I mean, like you mentioned, Saruti Ross, Ross vaulted up into, like, my top ten after a couple of, especially these last couple of years where it's like, all right, you're on some other shit now. Like, everything sounds like a movie. Everything is, there's a cinematic kind of vibe about every time Ross opens his mouth, and you hear him and Freddie, and like, oh, this is fire. And then you hear, like, the island you know vibe that people are going for i'm like oh and he looks at me he's like man i you know i had to get one of these commercial joints off like these are the things that these dudes go through so i don't know how i would be able to be like yeah that's trash because i've heard trash music i've just not been in trash sessions right so yeah man i to 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 change or tinker something on a great album i don't know that i would do it because it's a great album for that reason like it struck me for that reason like Black Star, you know, that that album struck me in the time because I was at I was in college and most Jeff and Talib Kweli were kind of like the the underdog backpackers that the cool guys thought were cool, too. Right. Like that's where that Kanye vibe kind of came from. Where it's like, hey, look at him hanging out with the backpackers, but he's also hanging out with Jay-Z. Like the backpackers had to give him that kind of that gravity. So I don't know that I go in and change anything about my favorite albums. I would just love to be a flower on the wall. So I guess that's an extremely long answer <laughs> to a short question, but it made the voicemail segment worthwhile. So thank you, Saruti. Thank you, Tanny. You guys should chime in more often. <laughs> I'll remain the only one of us who has interviewed Freddie Gibbs. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, fuck you, Freddie. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coming up on the next episode of The Full Goal with Jason Goff. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 30. Of the Full Go Podcast. We'll be back Tuesday night as the Bears return to Hallis Hall following their bye week. Plus, we'll preview the Bulls as they wrap up their West Coast trip. 
And as always, hit us up on that voicemail. You guys are getting better every single week. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773-359-3103. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jason1Golf. We'll throw out some questions for you to answer on the voicemail line. Thank you to our producers as always. These two fellas keep it together for me. Steve Cerruti. Don't ever call me Steve. And Chris Tannehill. I'm Jason Goff, and you probably heard my son. They're going to hear my son at the end of this thing. He likes to sing Bear Down and, and various points of this podcast. I don't know when Tanny edits it out or keeps it in. We'll see if he did it this time. So for Jace and his shenanigans and Saruti and Tannehill, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you for listening to the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And as always, Spotify is the gang. Take care of each other out there and make sure that you are being safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's the Full Go, baby! Okay, bye! Chicago, baby! You don't have to sing. No, you don't have to sing "Bear Down" every time, baby. Oh, just one time. Just <laughs> one time. Bears down, Chicago bears, and away, and away to the factory. Never forget the race at the nation. Dirty for nation. Bears down, Chicago bears, and the white wearing a crown. Say bye, Saruti. Oh, he has to do the symbols, by the way. Yeah, it is. All right, all right, all right, all right.